Welcome to Farm Chica's podcast focusing on guinea fowl. They are interesting and helpful birds for any farmstead or backyard if you live in an area where they can allow the noise and the free range. They are incredible birds when it comes to eating insects because they don't scratch like chickens, which makes a nice companion for your garden. They also add a layer of defense because of their territorial nature and will warn other animals when a predator or outsider is around. Welcome to Farm Chica, the podcast dedicated to providing a holistic model for promoting sustainable lifestyles and ways to engage in traditional methods of homesteading. Join me, Rene Delgado Riley, a native-born New Mexican, as I share how I respect Mother Nature through easy-to-apply tips that anyone can do. Through this podcast, I hope to inspire you to tap into your ancestral roots and live a more traditional, simple life that focuses on sustainability and respect to the earth. So join me as I share 20 to 30 minute tips that anyone can do. As members of the Numida family, guinea fowl are very closely related to birds such as pheasants, turkeys, and other game fowl. They're more um, or less connected to them compared to chickens. So some people believe that guinea fowl were raised as far back as ancient Greek times. Some sources indicate they originated around 500 BC. These creatures were brought back uh, by the Romans from the native region of Africa. Many humans have noted that raising guinea fowl comes with moderate success. They're not fully domesticated. They're still wild birds, so you can raise them and you can teach them. But at the end of the day, guinea fowl are inherently wild birds native to Africa. They run rampant, running wild in large flocks because they're very social and they're very raucous when it comes to letting you know what's going on on the farm or homestead. And during the peak of colonialism from when Europe came over to the Native Americas, guinea fowl were eventually brought over on the ships with the earliest of settlers and have now integrated their appearance in what we know as America. A wonderful husband of mine, Jason Riley, once told me that Gardening with Guineas by Jeanette Ferguson, which is a step-by-step guide to rating guinea fowls on a small scale, was very impactful to him. And this is when we, prior to us buying the farm, this was a time in our lives that we were still doing urban farming in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And this was a very impactful book um, and really taught us a lot about how to raise newborn young Keats, handling typical problems that come with raising wild birds. Guinea fowl are often vigorous, hardy, largely disease-free birds. There's many reasons people raise guineas. They are truly the cheapest security guards you can employ on any farm and homestead. Um, Talk to anyone who's raised guinea fowl and they'll tell you these birds are crazy and they have a 24-7 no-fail warning system about anything going on on the farm or homestead that should not be happening. Guinea fowl have been known to scare off cats, weasels, hawks, and even coyotes, and they can even eat mice and snakes. When you get a chance, YouTube, Guinea versus Snake, it's a pretty entertaining video to see how serious 
these beautiful guinea fowl take their job. Also, your dog can also be a predator to guinea fowl, and it's really interesting to see them interact. But if you raise the keats from when they're small and and you grow your flock appropriately with some of the tips I'll give you today and you teach your dog alongside of you, they can definitely live very peacefully with one another. Some other reasons why guineas are great to add to any farm or homestead is they're the best pest eradication experts. You'll want to get at least more than one guinea fowl when you do raise your flock. They are very social creatures. Preferably starting with six or more is the best. Um, That way you can have a pest eradication flock on patrol all the time. They don't feed in the same way that chickens do. When you let chickens free roam, chickens will scratch and they'll ruin gardens. And that's why it's hard to let chickens free range around your garden or your trees. And they just make a mess of everything. Guineas, on the other hand, tend to be heads down, bums up, searching for anything that moves, whether it be snails, slugs, caterpillars, beetles, ants, ticks, fleas, crickets, best of all, mice and small rats. They also like to feast on seeds and weeds and are just an overall around-the-clock pest service in one bird. And then if you have a flock, you just can range so much more. They also range over more than just your garden, orchard, or pasture. They'll probably go in your neighbor's pasture too. So it's important that you look at your current farm or homestead and determine, or even in the city sometimes, depending on city zoning, You need to just work with your neighbors to see how they feel about this and just let them know what they're in store for. But guineas are great pest control. They're really healthy for getting rid of anything. And um, you can go from seeing grasshoppers one year before guineas and absolutely not single one the next season just because they're so effective at what they do. Just like their wild ancestors, guinea fell lay seasonally um, so they don't lay every single day like a chicken does because chickens have been domesticated for a long time. Guinea fowl run a little bit more wild. So they typically will lay from um, any time in the springtime. You'll lay those eggs um, sometimes in the summer. Um, However, guineas are not very good at uh, keeping track of their eggs and keats and they don't typically brood very well. So it's actually really common for homesteaders um, to take those eggs and put them under a broody chicken hen um, to get them to hatch and then put them in an incubator and raise them that way. Otherwise, you will see very aggressive giddy moms taking care of their keats, but then also forgetting how many they have. Some of those young keats may get really cold in the grass and they may die um, because they're not being kept warm. Um, So there's definitely a lot of challenges with uh, wild birds raising their own young. It just has not seemed to be successful in our experience, in my experience, um, so definitely interesting. Um, I've never actually eaten the guinea eggs. Um, primarily, they've been um, a source of producing new birds. However, from what I've read, guinea eggs are absolutely delicious. Um, since they're related to the pheasant, I can speak from raising pheasants. I love pheasant eggs. Ringneck pheasant eggs are some of my favorite eggs. I'd choose those over a quail egg and over a chicken egg any day. So when I've seen the guinea eggs, they look very similar to a pheasant egg. So my theory is they taste probably like a pheasant egg. Um, I've never tried them, but everybody swears by them. I've never even eaten a 
a guinea fowl. It's not been something that we've typically used for a meat source, but from what I've read, they're as plump as a chicken with a little bit more flavor. Uh, they take closer probably to a pheasant. Um, and because they weigh a little bit lighter than chickens, they're actually a little more meaty. And so out of their dressing, um, you're going to get a quite a bit more meat. And you can use guinea fowl in any chicken recipe. Obviously, the older the bird, um, that meat is going to be more dry during cooking. So usually pressure cooking or stewing that bird is going to be better. However, roasting or a casserole are some good options. And just remember, because it is a leaner meat, just like any other poultry, when you are cooking that, roasting it, just make sure you're basing it with some type of liquid just so it doesn't uh, dry out. Um, if you're into bacon, bacon's always really yummy. And so dressing over um, the bird with bacon is a great way to maintain moisture and add flavor and just allow it to not dry out during that roasting process. Another reason to raise guineas is they're super independent. It can also be very frustrating because they're super uh, brave. And so they can get picked off by predators if they're not careful. However, they can fly and they will fly to the highest tree. They do well in most climates, except they don't like snow. They come from Africa. Um, they don't tend to get sick and they rarely need any kind of treatment. So unless you're keeping them in a small area without allowing them to free range, then um, really they um, don't really need any support. They'll kind of do their own thing. They're very independent and self-sustaining birds. Another reason to raise guineas is it's really nice to see how they socialize. They're family birds. They're social creatures. They pair up in family groups and they pair up for life. And it's really cool to look down the pasture and see them in a row like a line of army men on the prowl for many insects. Um, so there's a couple of different um, colors of guinea fowl when you're raising them. There's kind of three basic co colors. There's the pearl, the white, and the lavender. The most common is that spotty looking pearl with a dark purple gray base and white spots. The lavender has similar markings, but the base color is a very pretty light gray lavender. There's also, um, the white guineas are very standout, but in the experience that I've seen, they tend to get picked off a lot because they can't really blend in. They're white and they stand out on the farm or homestead. And so they're typically picked out, but they, there's still some success with them, but they're really pretty birds. Um, I think most times when people see guineas, they think that they're turkeys, um, smaller version or the, the cross between a turkey and a chicken. They're definitely not that. Um, they're very unique birds, um, very loud, but definitely not a chicken or a turkey. Besides color, there are two types of guinea fowl that you'll usually see running around folks' backyards and homesteads. There's the helmeted guinea fowl. This is one of the more common types of guinea fowl. This bird has a knob on its head and gives it that helmet-like experience. Another common type of guinea fowl is the crested guinea fowl, and these are typically regarded as the most aggressive. They'll chase down any kind of predator and may even attack their owners, although I've never personally seen this. Um, for the most part, guineas are really sweet. Um, they're beautiful birds. I love their feathers uh, for many of the earring creations that I make. So in order to tell the difference between males and females, uh, I could read on this forever, but I still cannot tell the difference between them. But there is a bit of a difference. Males t typically have larger wattles, but keep in mind that not all guineas have wattles to begin with. 
Um, also, guineas don't reach sexual maturity until the second year that they're alive, making it a challenge to actually sex those birds. <laughs> However, once they've reached two years of age, if they do have the wattles, you can easily tell them apart. They also make um, different noises. So me- females make noises that sound like the infamous buckwheat um, call that you hear. Um, that's called a buckwheat sound. You can YouTube this um, female guinea noise. Uh, males don't make that noise. Instead, they vocalize a noise that sounds more like chi-chi-chi. And so um, I guess if I sat there and listened to the guineas, I could probably tell the difference. But I've just typically allowed them to be wild birds and not think so much about sexing them, um, mainly because that's just been the way that it's worked out because there's always been such a large flock. And if I can't stress this enough, guineas are highly social creatures. They get along best with members of their own kind. Um, they move in groups. If one travels, the others will follow. If one gets lost, they'll call out relentlessly. And guineas don't like fences. Um, so they will cross fences, but sometimes they may become separated and they will cry out loudly until they can figure out how to jump back over the fence that they jumped over to begin with. It's pretty hilarious to watch, but they definitely um, love being with each other and they don't like when they are separated. If you inherit older guinea birds in your flock, um, you're definitely going to have the pecking order, which can be very brutal, especially in male guineas. However, if you raise your guineas as keats, which are BB, basically chick guineas, if you raise them from a really young time and you train them in the ways that I'll talk about shortly, you'll definitely have better results with that behavior. Also, I'll talk about some tips on training your guineas to know where home is, but typically they don't like to be in a coop all day long. They like to free range. Um, they will roost in high trees, or um, if you have a coop set up that I'll tell you about in a minute about how to train them, you can train them to come inside the coop at night, um, enticing them with uh, definitely their favorite white millet. So definitely um, good to know about because you can lose them if you're not careful in the ways that you raise them if you do start with keeps. And in terms of your flock, um, I suggest starting with six if you have the room for it, but just remember um, spacing is very similar to kind of any chicken. Make sure you give them at least two to three square feet a piece, any less than that, and you'll notice they'll become more stressed and they might start losing their feathers and they won't look very pretty. And what's really sweet is guineas, once they find their mate, they mate for life. And so they're very monogamous. And if provided with the proper male to female ratios in your flock, they'll stick with one partner their entire life. So growing your own flock. Well, if you want to get started, there are lots of places, online hatcheries that you can order guineas from. AK Keats. So just like any other um, baby poultry, they need a brooder temperature of 95 degrees for the first week and dropping five degrees for every three days. Uh, So once they hatch, they usually have an incubation of 26 days. And so they're brooded in a very similar way to any other kind of chick that you have on your homestead or farm. So once they hatch, put them in that brooder and then watch them closely. Um, if they cluster under the lamp, they are cold. If they stay far away and drop their wings, they are too hot. 
Another tip um, that I think goes with any kind of chick, um, especially quail, um, but guineas are real small and they just don't seem very smart when it comes to cold water. And actually any kind of cold water is really detrimental to guineas. That's why wild keats will usually die with the morning dew on the grass um, just because they get the chill. So never give baby guineas cold water, give them warm water, um, not hot boiling, but lukewarm and use a small dish with water marbles, as I mentioned in the quill podcast, because that's definitely uh, prevents them from jumping in the water and getting super wet. So just make sure that you're giving them lukewarm water and nothing cold. Baby Keats uh, need regular chick starter. They are a game bird. They need a higher protein. And another secret that they love, and I call it guinea crack, but it's white millet, can be used as a treat as young as they are to train them when they get older. So give that to them when you want them to do things. Um, I'll talk a little bit about their habitat shortly. So how do you raise them? They're in the brooder. Um... They are excited, they're feathering out, they're growing, they're healthy. So make sure you give them a place to escape the heat and provide them heat until they feather out. So just make sure you have a really big brooder for them. Um, Guineas don't like being in small spaces. So once they feather out, it's usually about, you know, it, it just depends on the different types of birds, but it should be within at least four weeks, five weeks, they should be feathered out. But you can know, you can see their little feathers on them. So after they feather out, provide them a protective coop. So definitely um, probably bigger than a chicken coop, but they need a protective coop for three to four months without letting them out. This can seem almost torturous to guineas because they don't like to be confined, but they're very young and juvenile at this time, and you want to teach them that this is their home. And so the whole point of doing this is to teach them that this is their home and this is the safe spot. So about at four months, you want to let them out each evening for an hour when there's still some light out. So, um, and I would give them some white millet and maybe make a little trail of it to encourage them to come out, but be patient. They're going to be a little hesitant to leave, even though their instinct is to leave the coop. So eventually they'll um, be exploring more and then you can, you know, let them out, you know, more than a couple of hours each night and um, keep them going. Eventually, they'll be so well-trained that in the morning when you open the coop, they'll jump right out and go do their thing and they'll go in on their own. So make sure you use white millet um, to train them to leave their shelter in early morning and then arrive at sunset. Guineas don't really like the dark, and so you want to make sure you have some lighting for them to go in. And this is a practice. It's important to allow them time to understand where to roost and where to explore. They can fly away and they can be picked off by predators if you're not patient. Um, so this whole training of keeping them in this coop for three to four months is critical to letting them know where their home is. I do want to make a note on some feed. When you do feed your baby keats, don't feed them pelleted food. They like the crumbles the best. It's just harder for them to digest that. And I would avoid any medicated feed as it can be toxic, toxic to some guinea fowl. So in some, guineas are really low-maintenance poultry. You don't need much of a shelter because they spend most of their time outside. It's just those first couple of months if you are raising those keats. Um, feeding guinea fowl is pretty easy because they are free-ranging birds. Once they hit adulthood, uh, they will get most of their dietary needs met outside, foraging in with eating all the insects. Obviously, in the winter, they're not going to get as much, but you can definitely supplement them with feed 
they won't likely eat as much feed as your laying chicken hens. So once you get your flock established, hatching new keats, it's actually really easy, especially if you have broody chicken hens or you have any kind of incubator where you can incubate those eggs. Egg fertility is rarely an issue in um, guinea keats, or I mean guinea fowl flocks, so definitely um, just figure out how to collect those eggs and put them in a brooder or put them under a broody hen. And 26 days later, you'll have baby keats, which are super cute. I encourage you to take those baby keats and put them in a brooder, take them away from that broody hen. Um, I know she'll think that they are her babies, but definitely it's safer in the long run to keep them from her. Also, I highly discourage you from letting the guinea female keats who seem broody to sit on their eggs and hatch them. They're just not the greatest mothers when it comes to wild. Um, baby keats are really tiny, more susceptible to dying from that cold dew on the grass. The, the moms will sometimes forget about them and they definitely freeze to death. I just haven't seen much success in letting them raise them themselves. So it's best just to take the eggs if you are going to raise them that way or if you don't want to go through the hassle of hatching out your own eggs you just buy more guinea keats from online hatcheries and supporting other farmers um, to do their job and again the big reason for raising guineas is they're really really good at pest control without ruining your entire ecosystem and food forest that you're building on your homestead or pasture Many people enjoy raising guineas because they add value. They remove things like ticks. Uh, they're really aggressive with snakes. Um, they're great at letting you know who's on the farm and homestead that should or should not be. Um, and really, they just help guard your flock um, with those piercing cries. You definitely won't have any visitors show up unexpected. So dogs will be barking, but likely the guineas will let you know first. So in some, guineas are not quiet birds. Um, they definitely make a call. So you need to check if um, in with your neighbors if this is okay because uh, they can quite be an annoying, but they can also be super great at helping get rid of all the pests. Um, they're really awesome when it comes to those types of grasshoppers and crickets and anything that's just really um, can be detrimental to your garden. So questioning, are these birds right for you? Well, although guinea fowl have kind of been semi-moderately successfully raised in captivity for thousands of years, they've yet to become truly domesticated birds. So they're not super friendly. They can approach you with trepidation. Um, they don't like being picked up and they're not likely to become your next like new pet where you want to cuddle with. They're definitely not that type of bird. However, they do offer a great deal of entertainment. When one gets separated from the flock on the other side of the fence, they will call out and peck it, try to peck through the fence and silly birds that could just fly over. It's really hilarious to watch. They are great at pest management. When we talk about sustainable ways that is healthy to the earth, uh, they are perfect for that. They live in this great ecosystem. They eat lots of insects and even rodents. So guineas are an acquired taste. There's plenty of people who absolutely love raising them. I miss hearing guineas every single day. They're a great bird to add to any farm or homestead or backyard if your zoning permits. And who knows, you might be one of those people like me who just absolutely loves them. Plus, they're a great conversation piece. People look at them. They're strange looking, oddly beautiful, and people don't know what to say most of the time. 
They're also a long-lived species of poultry. They can live up to 15 years when raised correctly, but obviously because they free-range and they like to explore beyond your borders of your fence or your property, they likely will get picked off by predators, but you can always raise more through incubating your own eggs or buying other baby keats from local hatcheries or hatcheries online to support those people to do the work that they do. Free-ranging guineas spend most of their days foraging. They work as a team, marching chest to chest, devouring anything that might startle them through the grass or pasture or wherever they're at. When they discover a special treat, a rodent or a snake, they close ranks, circle their prey, and move in for the feast. All the while, they keep up a steady stream of those whistles, chirps, clicks, and whatever noises these annoying, sometimes annoying, guineas make. Well, thank you for listening to Farm Chica's podcast, focusing on guineas and growing your flock and adding that to any farm, homestead, or backyard. Thank you for allowing me the time to share my tips and thoughts with you. Um, I encourage you to do some more research about guineas. They're a pretty awesome bird, and I'm excited to share future podcasts with you.